All right. Well, we are in, uh, we're preaching through Acts, and of course, we took some time to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because we wouldn't be here if that didn't happen. So that's been awesome. Um, and uh, now we're going to jump back in, and we're, uh, we're in Acts chapter 6 and 7 is what we're going to cover today. And I'm just going to jump right in, verse 1. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Last time when we talked about this, we saw this incredible move of God where different people would have different um, properties, etc., and they would sell them, bring them to the, the, uh, the apostles and say, hey, distribute this in whatever way is needed so that everybody in the church, the ecclesia, this new group of people that are meeting together and have been saved because there's thousands of them and they're staying, whatever they need, let's cover those needs. And so they've been doing that, and it's been amazing, and thousands and thousands of people are getting saved, and they're staying in Jerusalem. So this move has been continuing to go on, and, it's, um, and so it's, it's going great. Things are going awesome. But then this dispute now is coming up here, and, uh, and the Hellenists are upset because the, the Hebrew uh, widows are getting everything that they need in the daily distribution, but the Hellenists are, are getting neglected, the widows. And I'm going to talk about what they are in just a minute, but I'm going to just read the rest of this. And the 12 summoned the full number of disciples, and they said, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from you among, uh, I'm sorry, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, good reputation, Full of the Spirit and of wisdom. Would you just say that? Full of the Spirit, full of the spirit. And, wisdom. and wisdom. We'll say it one more time. Full of the Spirit, of the spirit. And, wisdom. and wisdom. We're going to cover that several times, so get ready on the full of the Spirit, okay? Because that's, that's our end game today, is that we would be full of the Spirit and wisdom. So find these men with a good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to do this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word, and what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. There it is again. They chose this man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Pumba and Nicholas, no, Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles and they prayed and they laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So who are the Hellenistic Jews? Okay, the Hellenistic, the Hellenistic Jews were actually Greek-speaking Jews versus the Hebrew-speaking Jews. And so what was happening was we had a problem that showed up in the distribution of goods for the widows, and that problem came down on ethnic and language lines. So in the early church, they're like, hey, we have, a, we have a problem here. We have a language barrier here, and we have an ethnicity barrier here. And along those lines, we've got a group that's part of the church that is not having access to the distribution of what's needed in the body of Christ. How many of you guys know that that can happen? All right, so this happens. This is going on. It's like, okay, we got to solve this. So they come to them and they say, hey, there's a problem here. We're all trying to do John 17. What's John 17? Love one another as much as I've loved you is what Jesus told us to do. So this is not happening with the Greek-speaking Jews 
So ethnically and language-wise, they're from a different space, and they've showed up, and because of that, they're not getting access to what's supposed to be distributed. So they go, okay, we're definitely not doing the scriptures well here, so what do we do? The apostles go, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop what we're doing because we're the bosses and we're the smartest people in the room. And so what we're going to do as the smartest people in the room and the most anointed and holy is we'll go ahead and handle that ourselves because we're the real deal. That is not what happened at all. What they said was, let's find amongst yourselves, meaning the Hellenistic Jews, Find seven people among the Hellenistic Jews who are full members of this ecclesia, God's people, and have them handle this matter of administrating the kingdom of heaven. But the only way that's going to be possible is what? If they are full of the spirit and wisdom. Isn't this brilliant? This is, this is I want us to catch this. This is a huge deal. There was an administrative, administrative problem found and the solution was to find people full of the spirit and wisdom from among those who were being neglected. So they could represent within the church so that everything was administrated properly. Now, I do want to say this. This is a wonderful picture of how we are all called to full-time ministry. The apostles say, it's not a great idea for us right now to stop praying and preaching the word. We're supposed to be doing that. We're supposed to be teaching what God's doing in this moment. I happen to be called to being somebody who gets to pray and preach the word. And I enjoy this part of my job. It's lovely. But I cannot do what y'all are doing in our city. How many of you guys know that we all have a part that we play? And this is this incredible picture of the apostles not saying like, oh, no, we're, 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 we're up here, and so we better handle these problems and you guys are down here, so we'll just tell you what to do. No, they're like, wait a minute, we need to get you guys to handle this administrative issue by being filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom so that the kingdom is administrated in every area where it's supposed to be. You guys, we're called to do the exact same thing. We are all called to be filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom so the kingdom is administrated in every town, in every family, in every area, so that there are no issues where people are not being reached by what Jesus came to do. Amen? I thought that was a fantastic point. I feel like we should be like, woo! So the problem gets solved. I love this. The problem gets solved because they take these Hellenistic leaders filled with the spirit and wisdom. They begin to administrate it. Everything starts getting to where it's supposed to be. The Hellenist widows are now getting what they're supposed to get. And they move forward. And what is the result? The result is the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the high priests became obedient to the faith. Did you catch this? So as the body of Christ is doing what they're called to do, even more people get increased. Even more people get saved. And now even the priests in the synagogue, these are like the, this is like the, uh, the intelligentsia, right? This is like the president of U of O just got saved. This is, these are the people that are the, the, the furthest up in the echelons, now they're starting to get saved. Why? Because the people are administrating the word of God as they should. So this is exciting. Let's go to Acts uh, 6, 8 through 15. And Stephen, full of grace and power. There it is again. I love this. Full of grace and power. Where do you think he's getting that grace and power? 
Holy Spirit, come on. He was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians, and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit, say wisdom and spirit, with which he was speaking. And you'll notice that that spirit is capital S. Why? Because that is the Holy Spirit. Stephen is filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And when these guys are coming and disputing with him, he's answering them according to the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Are you guys noticing a theme? Okay, lock on to it because this is our story. And then they secretly instigated men who said, we've heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, and they seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, this man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we've heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So there's some supernatural awesomeness going on. Also, he looked heaps innocent. So he's just glowing with innocence and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And let me, let me just break this down just a little bit. What in the world is going on here? Why, why is it that we have the synagogue of freedmen and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians from Cilicia and Asia, why are they rising up and disputing with Stephen? What, why, what is happening here? Why would they feel threatened by this? Well, I'd like to tell you a little bit about these guys. The synagogue of the freedmen is a group of people who used to be slave, slaves, hence freed men. And so what they've done is, is in, in, this, um, in this culture, in order to come out of that, you may have been an indentured servant, so you were like a, a bond slave. So that meant like, hey, I'm going to sign up to work for you for like the next 10 years, and at the end of that, I'll have paid off my debt. So there's some of that. But then there's also just like straight up slavery. That slavery was an absolute scourge of society back then. That was a normal part of what people had, but it was just in there. And the only way to get out was somebody had to either buy you out of slavery or you might work long enough and be able to buy yourself out of slavery. So you have finally come out of slavery. And now as these freedmen, what they've done is they've actually converted to Judaism, which is a good thing, guys. Because they're actually saying, like, we believe in the one true God. We believe in the law that God has given us. We believe that Israel is chosen by God. And we believe that this is God's temple and there's only one true God. And so we need to come and worship him. And you know what, guys? They're 100% correct. And they have, they have married themselves into Israel. And they're worshiping the one true God. So what in the world is going on? Well, you guys... I want to suggest that what had happened is that as Stephen, now remember, Stephen is a Greek-speaking Hellenistic Jew. So he is like those other people. He doesn't speak Hebrew like us cool muckety-muck-muck Jews. He speaks Greek. He's like, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's all right, but he's like, he's they. How come those people are getting into the kingdom, right? It's the they, the they they get to come in, like they get to be somebody. And so there's suddenly, there's, there's something going on and they're going, why are you coming in and walking around in power, filled with the spirit of God and being an administrator in the kingdom? And they start taking issue with 
the access of what Jesus has actually taught. Because what does Jesus say? All can come into the kingdom. My Father desires that none should perish, but all should have everlasting life. All of a sudden, Stephen is preaching Christ, which means that this meritocracy that these Jews have have come in upon, the the, the freedmen, right? They've, they've, They've come into Judaism, which again is wonderful, but how many of you guys know that Jesus came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it? Not to do away with what Moses said, but to actually come as the prophet that Moses said would come. But they've built their identity, they've built their life upon having become a Jew, having become a member of Judaism, a member of the one true God, the one true land of Israel, the one true temple, and the one true religion. And all of that was absolutely appropriate, except for all of it was pointing to the one true Messiah, Jesus Christ, who has come. And Stephen is showing up, and he is threatening their sense of achievement, their sense of like, I was once a slave, but now I'm a Jew. I'm one of the chosen ones of God. Can you see how that would threaten the way they're feeling? And let me tell you what meritocracy is. It's a system in which advancement is based on individual ability or achievement. So imagine being someone who was a slave and you worked. You worked to get out of that position where you were owned by someone else. And either you you yourself has paid your way out at this point or someone has redeemed you. But either way, you used to be in poverty and now you're somebody. Are you with me? And now suddenly Stephen shows up and he's threatening your perception of what it is that you're a part of. And they go, this is a problem for us because this guy is saying that everybody's having access. Even these Hellenistic Jews now suddenly, these ethnically different they are having access in a way that we thought was special for us. Are you guys with me? And it's looking, and worse, it looks like they're going to be even open to more people. So they're responding to this, and they're going, this is a problem. And, and, and here's the thing, guys. They're also threatened because everything, like, let's not be too harsh to them, okay? Because we're going to see ourselves in this story as well. They're looking and saying, you're threatening everything that we just gave our life to be a part of. They don't understand who Christ is yet. And so they come and they go, this guy is threatening and speaking against Israel, the temple, one true God, the law of Moses, and saying that Jesus is tearing all of that down. Now, they're misunderstanding the message of Jesus, aren't they? But this is the accusation that they're bringing. They're feeling threatened. They're feeling threatened because what they have achieved, what they can achieve, the the reward of what they've achieved through becoming Jews, through making these steps, through taking these steps, now suddenly something is coming and saying, well, actually, that's not enough. Where you thought you were, it's not where you think it is. Has anybody here ever felt that, right? It's like where your world's just shaking. Now, here's what's interesting is that Stephen then responds to them. And he responds by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to share a scripture with you from Matthew 10, 19, and 20. This is Jesus' words. He says, 
when they deliver you over, don't be anxious how you're going to speak or what you're going to say. For what you're to say will be given to you in that hour. For it's not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. And I love this because this is exactly what happens. It says Stephen standing there and his face is shining like an angel. And he begins to respond. And what Stephen does, and I'm just going to talk you through it because it's a very long speech. It's a wonderful speech. But he just eloquently then begins to lay out how, guys, you're saying that you're worried about the land of Israel, the temple of Israel, the law of Moses, and that you're here accusing me because of those things. And you're saying that Jesus is tearing those things down. But let me share something with you. And he begins to speak to him. He says, listen, when God called Abraham, it was in a land that was outside of Israel. When he made a covenant with him, he never actually received Israel. When God called Joseph, Joseph went and was sold into slavery into Egypt. He wasn't in the Holy Land. Are you with me? And when Joseph saved Israel from famine through the dreams and through everything that he did, it was in Egypt. And then he goes further and he says, and when Moses then delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt, Moses got the picture of the tabernacle, but he never got to go into the promised land. And he had a tabernacle. And then later, the tabernacle was finally built. The temple was finally built by Solomon. David wasn't able to do it. Solomon was able to do it. But the point he makes is he goes, look, God's presence and person was showing up for people from righteous Abraham all the way to this moment. And it was never about the land, and it was never about the temple. And then he quotes this, this word from the prophet in verse 7, 48 through 53. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? What's the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? And then he just begins to rebuke these guys. And he says, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you've now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels, and you did not keep it. These are strong words, isn't it? I mean, this is an intense exchange. But here's what's interesting. What he's saying is, you guys are afraid that we're going to tear down the status of Israel and the one true God being in Israel and you being the one true people. So there's this, this essentially, you've got a meritocracy. You've got this special place in the world. And you're feeling threatened by that. And you're feeling threatened because you think we're speaking against this temple. But what I'm trying to tell you is that God's design and desire was never specifically about the land or the temple. Although those are certainly part of the story. He's kept every promise to the land and to you as people and to the temple. But it was all pointed towards Jesus Christ who's come because he wants you to become a temple. Are you guys with me? He's, so, so that's where he says, um, heaven's my throne, earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? What's my place of rest? In other words, I don't dwell in houses. I made everything. 
what I desire, and this is what Stephen is walking in because he's what? Filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Stephen, as a temple, is telling them, you guys, it's not about the land. It's not about the temple. You're the temple. This temple was to show you that the temple that he wants to dwell in is you. I want to see, God saying, I want to see every person filled with the Holy Spirit to administrate my kingdom in every area. Because Jesus Christ came to die so that you could die and then live so that you could live as his temple. Isn't that amazing? And so this is what's happening. And then he switches because he does know in this moment, he's under the unction of the Holy Spirit, but he switches and he says to them, listen, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. He's letting them know, like, right now you think it's about this, but I'm telling you, you're actually resisting the Holy Spirit right now. Everything that Jesus came to do was so that you could be filled with God himself. Like, you don't have to go to the temple. Jesus actually came to you because you're a temple. And he's like, you need to understand, guys, you're, you don't need to be threatened you need to let go of what you thought was most important because that was just pointing at what's most important. And Jesus is actually saying, you are most important. And the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. But you're actually resisting the Holy Spirit right now. Now, this is strong. This is very strong. I mean, he's telling them, listen, if you're going to align yourself in this way, you're actually aligning yourself with your father, your forefathers, who persecuted the prophets and killed Jesus so he's, I mean, he's just giving it to him as it is there. Not because he wants to be like, go to hell. That's not his point. His point is like, repent. Don't do like what they're doing. You, you're saying it's about the law. You're not even fulfilling the law. The fulfillment of the law was Jesus, and you're rejecting him. In fact, you murdered him. Okay? Are you guys with me? Am I going too fast? All right. So the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you guys to catch this, okay? When the Holy Spirit is present... And you and I are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're going we're gonna to get to that. But when the Holy Spirit is present, and we're seeing this in action right now, these are well-meaning people. Like, let's, let's just go back again to these, to these freedmen, these Alexandrians and these, these Cyrene people who have left literally everything to be God's people. These are, these are zealous, desiring to be holy people like us. And the Spirit of God is convicting them and saying, listen, I'm about to upgrade your thinking. And I'm sharing it through Stephen. I'm sharing it through the apostles. I'm sharing it through signs and wonders and the presence of my Holy Spirit. These people that are filled with the Spirit and wisdom are telling the truth, and they're doing it by the power of my Holy Spirit, and it's what I want for you. And they hear that, and when you and I are confronted with the Holy Spirit and he brings conviction, we're going to do one of two things. We're either going to obey him and welcome him, or we're going to resist him. Did you catch that? When the Spirit of God comes and convicts us, we have two options, resist him or obey him. And we're just like these guys, okay? Let's, let's, let's not, don't put these, those guys were horrible. I would never do that. No, we have all done this. We have all done this. We were like, Lord, you know who I am. I have given so much money for you. I have told so many, peop many people about you. I've done all these things for you. And he goes, that's wonderful. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, you stewarded everything that I gave you. 
That next heartbeat, yeah, I gave that to you. That next heartbeat, yeah, I gave that to you. That next heartbeat, yeah, I gave that to you. But thank you for being obedient. Now, I want you to do this. Lord, I'm not going to do that. That's not you. The Lord rebuked. I rebuked. Have you ever rebuked the Lord? Right? Where you're like, get behind me, Satan. And the Lord's like, easy. That's me. Okay, we've done this. So the conviction comes. And here's what happens. Unfortunately, on this one, they missed it. And they resisted the Lord. It says, verse 54, now when they heard these things, they were enraged. And they ground their teeth at him. But he, there it is again, Full of the Holy Spirit. Say, full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and they stopped their ears and they rushed together at him. Isn't that amazing? They're so dead set on resisting this blasphemous message from their estimation that they're like, we're not even going to listen to any more that you have to say. How dare you say that you're receiving, that you see God. They plug their ears and run at him. And then they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Who does that sound like? That is exactly what Jesus did. Remember, Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he says, Father, do not hold this sin against them. They do not know what they do. Here's Peter, the first martyr of the New Testament church, the new covenant. Here's Peter. This Greek, I can call him whatever I want. Okay, here's Joshua being humbled in front of everyone again. Thank you, Lord, I will obey. Um, it's because it was his fault somehow. I don't know. Let's get back on the point here. Um, so here's Stephen, right? This Hellenistic Jew, Greek-speaking, filled with the Holy Spirit, this administrator of the kingdom, full of the Holy Spirit, the first martyr of the New Testament. And as he's filled with the Spirit of God, he does exactly what Jesus does. He does exactly what Jesus does. He dies this glorious death, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then he says, Father, I want these guys. These guys that are killing me right now, I'm, I'm asking that you would forgive them. Don't hold this sin against them. I want them to turn. I don't want them to go to hell. I want them to come and be with you forever. Forgive them. Stephen does exactly what Jesus did. Now, this is the picture of exactly what God wants for all of us. I'm just going to read through, just real quick, just the, 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 these, these statements. In Acts 6, 1 through 7, Full of spirit, full of the spirit and wisdom. Acts 6, 8 through 15, Stephen, they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Jesus speaking to us, the spirit of the father will speak through you. Do not resist the Holy Spirit, Stephen says. And then in verse 7, I mean chapter 7 again, he says, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, 
gazed into heaven and later says, Lord, receive my spirit. Forgive them. They know not what they do. What's the point? Stephen is an example of a temple of God filled with the power of the Holy Spirit doing exactly what Jesus does. You guys, that's the whole point for us. There's no longer a temple in Israel that we go to. We don't go on pilgrimage. God has come to us through Christ. And the Holy Spirit is forming Christ in each of us. And every one of us is to be a mobile temple filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're to live a powerful life just like Jesus. In fact, the scripture says that Jesus told us, you will do greater things than me because I go to the Father. And you know why we do greater things than Jesus? Because there are billions of us and there was only one of him. Are you seeing this? We administrate more of the kingdom than Jesus administrated while he was here. Think about that for a minute. We're a multiplying factor where the Holy Spirit in these mobile temples brings the administration of the kingdom into every area that we go. And that's what we're called to do. Do you receive that? And we're to live a glorious life filled with the spirit and wisdom, filled with the spirit and faith. And we're to die a glorious death filled with the spirit and wisdom, filled with the spirit and faith. How many of you want to do that? Because that's our call. And that's what Stephen died preaching as the first martyr. Now we're called to live for Christ as well as die for Christ. And most of us are going to do a whole lot more living than dying. But we cannot do it unless we're filled with the Spirit of God. Now, I mentioned a moment ago the idea of us resisting the direction of the Holy Spirit, resisting the movement of the Holy Spirit, resisting even maybe the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And why would we do that? Because the truth is there's a propensity, there's a desire, just like our brothers and sisters that just stoned Stephen, that we have become an expert at what we know. We, we, we've become an expert. We're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm God's people. I know God's Bible. I've got a job that last I checked was the one he wanted me working at. I, I, know, the, I know the right answers to all of the questions. And the next thing you know, we're not even relying upon being filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom because we got this on lock. We're the people of God in the place of God with the teachings of God. Might not be a temple anymore, but we're running on our own meritocracy. I know I, I am where I am. Woo, I am where I am because I've achieved what I've achieved to get me to where I am. Are you with me? But we need the Holy Spirit, guys. We cannot do any of these things apart from the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is I'd like to make room for us to renew our dependence on the Holy Spirit. And I want to start with this because I don't want to resist the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys agree with me, right? I don't want to resist the Holy Spirit. And I will confess to you that I have resisted the Holy Spirit in my life. Is anybody else brave enough to raise your hand and say, yeah, me too? Okay, good. We're in a good spot. So the key thing here is, like Peter, and I do mean Peter, Jesus is like, I've prayed for you, and after you're done resisting the Holy Spirit, get back up <laughs> and strengthen one another so we can get back up. It's not where we have to stay. But let's begin with this. Lord, 
where am I currently resisting my dependence on you? Am I, am I in a place where I actually don't like the idea? I don't know about you guys, but I started out, when I had way less, when I had way less, I was just talking to a dear brother, and uh, I think it was Mark. I think it was Mark Christensen. We were at his house, amazing home group leaders. I don't know if their home group's full, but if not, you should go talk to them. And he was saying it was a lot easier to risk everything when I had less to risk. And I was like, dude, that, that's a good word right there. You know, it's like, Lord, take my life. You can do anything you want. And it's like, but honestly, when we look at it, we're like, I have $18 in the checking account. I have, I'm like borrowing a car right now. I rent. I don't own anything yet. I have two pairs of pants and a really dirty mattress. And I'm 17. <laughs> Lord, you can have it all, right? It's like, what is that? What is that? But I meant it sincerely. But now I'm like, ooh, I've got like some things cooking for retirement. I've got three cars now. And I'm doing pretty good. I feel pretty good. So I'm like, maybe bless it all, Lord. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? And there's that, there's that encouragement we know in Revelation where it says, this thing I have against you, return to your first love. You and I. We need to return to our first dependency upon the Holy Spirit. So let's just, I just want you to close your eyes, and we're just going to take a couple of minutes, and I'm just going to ask on our behalf, and if you agree, just say, yeah, Lord, me too, that the Spirit of God would come and just begin to show us the places where we may be resisting Him or resisting our dependence on Him. Our absolute need and desire to say, if I don't feel you moving, I'm not going anywhere. So, Lord, we're just coming before you right now. And we don't want to resist you. We are willing to be willing. We're willing to examine. Will you just begin now, God? Will you show us if there are places where we're resisting you or where we're no longer even looking for you to sustain us by your power because we've become self-sufficient? Either way, Lord, we're here and we ask you just begin to bring these things up. We want to wait on you now, Lord. So now we're just going to... For some of you, this conversation is going to continue on for the rest of the day and maybe into the week. That's, that's, that's fine. But now let's just begin to make room to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. The, the word says that they were, all to, they were all gathered together in one place, and the place where they were was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that was the second time that they had been filled with the Holy Spirit. That in the upper room they waited and there were the flames of fire, but then later they gathered and they said, God, give us boldness. And then the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had already been filled and they were filled again. In another place, the apostle tells us, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. We will never be in a place where we don't need the power and the presence of God. The desire and the design of everything that we are in this kingdom is people who are designed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are the God with us people. And so I just want us to just 
take that time right now. We need to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want you to just, if you would, let's just, as a sign of obedience, if you're desirous, just put your hands out. Just as a sign of both surrender and a desire of saying, God, would you, would you embrace me? I, I surrender to you. There's a conviction of the Holy Spirit that we need his leadership. I want to obey you. I want to welcome you. And I want you to just ask, Holy Spirit, will you fill me again? Lord, we, we love you. And we confess that we cannot do anything apart from you. Our Messiah Jesus said, apart from you, we can do nothing. And Jesus commanded us to wait for you and that we would be filled with your presence. Jesus breathed on us and said, I baptize you with fire. John baptized you with repentance. I baptize you with fire. Holy Spirit, will you baptize us in the presence and the person of Jesus Christ? Will you fill us afresh? Convict us of the things that are wrong, but even more so, convict us of the things that are right. That we would walk as Christ walks, that we would love as Christ loves, that we would know Christ as he is. Would you give us, Holy Spirit, your wisdom? Would you let us walk in the power of your love? Fill us again, Holy Spirit. Oh, Rabashari Okura Satari Valokuri. Arastaru Zerieri Komatari Aretore Valoshoras. Instarebe Matieri Kumiarus in Tieri et Tieras. Daishtieri and Borevan Torivas Torosayas. When we ask, the Father has assured us, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, that's exactly what you will receive. Jesus said, if any of you ask for bread, would you, would you give your child a stone? If you ask for a fish, would you give him a serpent? How much more will your Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? You guys, we can be 100% confident that when we ask, we will receive the Holy Spirit. Set aside your expectation of how that's supposed to feel, of how that's supposed to happen, of what's supposed to happen. Know that if your father says when you ask you will receive the Spirit of God, then you will receive the Spirit of God. Whether you felt anything right now, if you asked for the Spirit of God, you have received the Holy Spirit. You will see and experience more and different and myriad wonderful relational outcomes throughout this week and years of your life, but it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the Holy Spirit because Jesus Christ promised it.
and because you were designed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May his face shine upon you. May he fill you. May you walk in the joy and the confidence and the wisdom of Jesus Christ. May you bear much fruit because it is your Father's good will that you do so. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need more prayer, we really want to just pray with you. I want to ask that the, uh, the prayer team, the Sozo team, the elders, home group leaders, come up here. And if you need some more prayer, if you just want us to just stand with you and just pray over you. I feel like there's some people here that you're just like, I just feel like I just want to kind of soak in this a little bit. We want to agree with you for what God's doing in your life. But know this, Stevens. You are filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Now go administrate the kingdom of heaven in every area that you are. Amen? All right. Love you guys.